Hey guys, uh, how are you today? I pray that you guys are doing well and that uh, all is well with your family and your household, um, that you had a great weekend. Uh, today is Monday, June 7th, and uh, I decided to bring a little message of encouragement to you this morning because um, I don't want uh, Tuesday night's message to be too long. That's one reason. <laughs> and uh, this is part of it. This is like the precursor to Tuesday night's message, which will be Christology, the power of love. Amen. And um, the Lord uh, shared something with me to encourage people who are coming out of darkness into the kingdom of light, uh, who are receiving deliverance and um, coming into the knowledge of the Lord. Amen. Coming into the knowledge of the truth for the first time. Uh, we understand that the kingdom of darkness is being shaken. Uh, Satan's kingdom is coming down. It is coming down. He is losing his grip on these souls that he has deceived for so many years. And the, the power of the kingdom of God is being revealed. The power of God is being revealed. Uh, many souls are being saved alive. Many saviors are coming upon Mount Zion now. And souls are being saved alive. And nations, many nations shall run into the house of the Lord. Amen. So we are seeing the word of the Lord in manifestation. And I wanted to share this with you because the Lord placed on my heart that what happens after deliverance or after someone comes to them into the knowledge of the Lord, um, most often, you know, they receive the Holy Ghost after their deliverance. If we are uh, wise ministers, we will do so. Amen. And ensure that they are uh, on the track, on the right track. Amen. In this thing. And so the Lord wants to encourage someone or many today with this word. And um, I want you to know what the Lord is saying here today. Amen. Glory to God. So um, what he showed me, I'll just jump right into it, is, is uh, the book of Job uh, in comparison to Jesus. Okay. Job in comparison to Jesus. Now, right now, we're just going to look at, at, at Job and I'm going to pull out a few points here from Job chapter one, verses one through 12. Amen. Job chapter one, verse one through 12. Um, I'm just going to pull a few, a few highlights, you know, from this to show you something about God. Um, what he wants you to know is that your love for him will be tested. Okay. This is why I'm sharing this with you. Your love for God will be tested. Your, uh, your love for him will be tested. Your loyalty will be tested. So I don't want you to think, you know, God is evil, you know, and, 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 you know, you're back in the hands of the devil. 
No, you're not. Your love for God is going to be tested. Your faithfulness to him will be tested. Your loyalty and your integrity will be proven. Amen. Through situations and circumstances in your life, God wants to know, as he is referenced uh, in scripture to us as a husband, right? He says, I am married to you. I am married to the backslider. I am even a jealous God. So he is jealous over you. Amen. And any, if you compare it to the natural, any man who has a wife, as we are the the bride of Christ, he will test her faithfulness to him. God wants to know, are you a faithful wife? Can you be faithful to me? Amen. So Job chapter one, and this gets deeper. So just stay with me now. Uh, verse one says, I'll read it to you just a little bit. It says there was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job. That man was perfect and upright and one that feared God and eschewed evil that means shunned evil or stayed away from evil the bible says that we should flee from that we should flee from the very appearance of evil are we hearing it verse 2 says and there was born unto him seven sons and three daughters his substance also was 7000 sheep and 3,000 camels, and 500 yoke of oxen, and 500 she-asses, and a very great household, so that this man was the greatest of all the men in the east. Amen. So he had, God had blessed him greatly. Amen. It says, and, and, and his sons went and feasted in their houses, one every his day or every one his day. So I'm supposing he had seven sons. So every day that they went to a particular son's house to feast every day of the week. And, and, and uh, he sent and called for their three sisters to eat and to drink with them. And it was so when the days of their feasting were gone about that Job sent and sanctified them and rose up early in the morning and offered burnt offerings according to the number of them all. For Job said, it may be that my sons have sinned again and cursed God in their hearts. Thus did Job continually. So Job was so uh, in love with God and so upright in his heart that he continually this is this is you know uh let this be a lesson to us that we are to continually offer prayers and intercession for our children amen because we don't know what sins they may have committed against god there is a time um you know of of, of their uh maturity in god or their mature, the maturity of their knowledge of God, but there is no particular age in which, in where, in when, uh, uh, where they are become responsible for their sins. 
Amen. It doesn't say that anywhere in scripture that there is a particular age that they that they're grown now and they become responsible for their own sins. uh, According to scripture, children are uh, uh, able, I will say, to be judged by God. They can receive judgment of God. Think about the children who mocked Elijah. Okay? So it doesn't matter what age they are. We should stand in the gap for our children continually. Now, let me get to the meat of this quickly. It says, now uh, there was a day, verse 6, when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. And Satan came also among them. And the Lord said unto Satan, Whence comest thou, or where are you coming from? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro in the earth, and from walking up and down in it. And the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant, my servant Job, that there is none like him in the earth? A perfect and an upright man, one that fears God and escheweth evil. Then Satan answered the Lord and said, Doth Job fear God for naught or for nothing? Has Has not thou made a hedge about him and about his house and about all that he has on every side? Thou hast blessed the work of his hands and his substance is increased in the land. But put forth thy, but put forth thine hand now, and touch all that he hath, and he will curse thee to thy face. And the Lord said unto Satan, Behold, all that he hath is in thy power. Only upon himself put not forth thine hand. Don't touch him himself. So Satan went forth from the presence of the Lord. Amen. And went about, he went about to afflict Job or, or Job's household. The Bible goes on to speak about how um, Job lost his children and, you know, he lost um, servants. He lost his, uh, his camels, his asses and, and all of that, his oxen, you know, and all of that. Amen. Bible says that the Sabaeans... And the um, the Sabaeans um, and the Chaldeans uh, fell upon them, and these were uh, evil, wicked tribes. Amen. That caused disasters in the earth uh, through Satan's power. Amen. Um, but I want you to I, I want you to see something here in Scripture. First of all. Um, we see that Job was a perfect and an upright man, meaning that Job was a type and shadow of Jesus. We can compare this to to Luke, right? Luke chapter four, where Jesus is also tempted, amen, in the wilderness. Now, he was, uh, this was God bringing this uh, into view, into full view for us. We understand that, you know, that Jesus uh, was the son of God, 
the firstborn uh, son of God or the only begotten of God himself, the father. And he was, he was born perfect and upright. Amen. And so we can see that we can say that Job was a type and shadow of Jesus, but even Jesus, <laughs> his love and his motives were tested by God. You see that God was showing us himself by putting himself into a body that our love for him will still be tested. Now, God doesn't tempt any man, but he tests man. The word temptation also means to test. So if God is testing us, who is he using to do it? And how is he doing it? He allows Satan to tempt us. I told you that Satan is God's uh, servant. He is like God's bulldog on a leash. Amen. So he, he is under um, limited power. Amen. To do anything in your life. Now, I want you to know that you know, this was, uh, this, this is something that was not repeated, you know, in history. This is not a practice that God does, but he will never tempt, uh, tempt you or allow the enemy to tempt you above that, which you are able to stand. So God knows, you know, our limitations or, or how much we can stand. Amen. So don't think that God is coming to take, you know, oh, he's going to bless me and then he's going to take everything I have. He's going to take my children and all of that. No, this was an, an example. OK, just an example. But follow me here. Job was a type and shadow of Jesus. Um, per, a perfect and upright man who was tested by God. What was tested? His love and his motives were tested. OK. His loyalty, his integrity, his faithfulness was tested and proven by God. Because God is bringing you to a place of releasing or, or um, bringing forth and giving out what you have received from him. To freely give it out. That means ministry in whatever form or a talent God has given you. You know, you are to minister to the people through that talent or through that gifting. Right. Because that is the perp that is the purpose, you know, uh, uh, of your salvation freely as you have received to freely give. There are so many more out there who need the 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 word and the truth and the knowledge that God has uh given unto you the experience that you have received from him yourself amen god raises you up and sends you unto a people now before you can open your mouth to minister god will allow you to be tested he wants to make sure that your motives are pure and that you're truly faithful to him before he anoints you to use you. Amen. So that's something we must know.
Number two thing is Satan does have direct but limited access to God. He has direct but limited access to God. Amen. The Bible says clearly that in verse 6, that there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. The sons of God being the angelic host. And Satan came also among them. And Satan came also among them. That means with them. They, he was there with them. And the Lord said unto him, where are you coming from? Notice he didn't say, why are you here? He said, where are you coming from? In other words, this time, you know, where are you coming from? And, the, and Satan answered the Lord. Well, I'm coming from going to and fro in the earth, walking up and down in the earth. Satan's abode is not in the earth. His abode is not in heaven with God. It is in the second heaven. So that, that tells us that Satan goes into the presence of God. He also goes to and fro in the earth. Right? What does that mean? The, the scripture clearly says that we are to um, beware or be aware that we have an adversary who walketh about as a roaring lion or like a roaring lion, right? That walketh to and fro throughout the earth, seeking whom he may devour. So we have an adversary. You have an adversary. This you must know. Also says that, um, shows us here that, that Satan, um, his activities, uh, though he does not admit it here, his, his character clearly shows that his many travels are for evil purposes. Um, that the activity uh, of Satan indicates that he has only limited access to God. Uh, and also it teaches that Satan is a finite being and therefore he is not omnipresent. Nor can he touch God's servants without God's permission. Amen. Amen. He is, um, he, is, he is not omnipresent. He is a finite being where God is an infinite being. Right? Which means he has to travel. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Back and forth. So he had, he is limited. He is not. Uh, let me let me let me bring this uh, closer to you. Answer some questions for you that he cannot see everything you're doing. He is not there watching your every move. Okay. Now demons that are under his quote unquote military regime. That's what they are used for. But Satan himself is not, 
he does not have that ability. Amen. That's why he has so many demons. Amen. Working under him. But it doesn't mean that they, you know, that they uh, have power over you. They do not. You have power over them. The third thing I want to share with you is that. Who was actually talking to Satan in this passage of scripture? Remember, I came with the message and I told you that, you know, Jesus was the one who created Lucifer. And Jesus has, he is the absolute power and the absolute authority. And he has been given that power and authority by God himself, the father. And he is, he is a part of the triune Godhead. He is the word of the living God. And that also Satan is terrified of him because of these things. Now watch the scripture. It says there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before who? The Lord. And Satan came also among them. And the Lord said unto him, whence comest thou? Verse eight, and the Lord said unto him, has thou considered my servant Job? That there is none like him in the earth, a perfect and an upright man that feareth God and escheweth evil. And Satan answered the Lord and said, doeth Job fear God for nothing? Does Job fear God for nothing? Are we seeing it? Are we seeing it? Verse 12, and the Lord said unto Satan, behold, all that he has is in your power, only upon himself, put not forth your hand. So Satan went out from, went forth from the presence of the Lord. Now the Bible tells me that Jesus is Lord. To the glory of God, the father. Why is the scripture referring here to God? In third person. Was it not Jesus that Satan was talking to? <laughs> Are we seeing it? Are we seeing it? See, why would it say the Lord and then say God? If it was God talking to Satan, then it would just say, and God said, and God said, but it says, no, the Lord said, are we seeing it? May the Lord open our eyes today. May the Lord open our eyes today. Jesus has been there from the very beginning, <laughs> from the very beginning. Satan has no power over Jesus. He has no power over Jesus. God is not in a fight against Satan. <laughs> and neither is Jesus because he has all power over him. You know, this is not a battle between God and Satan. This is a battle between kingdoms which means peoples, nations, 
God, Jesus said that you will know when the time is near because nation will rise up against nation. This is the kingdom of God versus the kingdom of Satan or the kingdom of darkness. That means that we have to stop. We have to stop um, being babies, you know, and, 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 and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying that in a negative way, but I'm saying is that have a mind to, uh, uh, to become, um, uh, militant about this thing, or, you know, have a mind to become like Jesus, the example that God sent to us. See, my problem with the church that I always tell you guys is that the church is so busy. I'm talking about the common religious traditional church. It's so busy teaching people how to depend on Jesus for carnal, physical things. Depending on Jesus, depending on Jesus for, for natural things, for carnal things, rather than teaching them how to become Jesus, how to become like Jesus. Are we seeing it? how to walk in your in your god-given power and authority like jesus as a son of god like jesus you don't have to you don't have to wait and and and, and cry and wait for material things it comes with the kingdom it comes as a benefit of you walking out your identity as a son or daughter of God in the kingdom. Working in your father's kingdom. It's, and it's for everybody in the kingdom. There's no big eyes and little U's. We honor those to whom honor is due. We submit to those that God has placed in authority over us, right? Because there is there are levels to this thing, you know, but at the same time, know that it belongs to you. That's what true leadership is about. It is about passing on the baton. It is about training up others to be to lead as well training other leaders. It's not about holding on to a position and making people sit under you for 20 years, wasting their life away when they're there. It, it's, it's, it's time for them to work. They, they've passed their time. They're supposed to go out and work. Are we seeing that? This thing is about legacy. Now watch this. I'm, I'm going to give you another one here. Says that um, that Job was perfect. He was a perfect and an upright man. One that fears God and eschews evil. So what does Jesus consider perf perf perfect or perfection? You know, when the Lord said unto Moses, um, 
unto Abraham, be ye perfect, even as I am perfect. Well, what is what does perfection look like in the eyes of Jesus or in the eyes of God? It means blameless. Blameless. He says, I'm looking for a church that is without spot, wrinkle or blemish. Blameless. It also says one who fears God. Fears God. That means loves and reverences God and 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 obeys God, submits unto God. Amen. Not scared that God is going to kill you, but fear also has a, another meaning. It means to respect. It means to to uh, worship, to submit. Amen. Also means. Um, it, it's the type of fear that you put into your children. Doesn't mean that you ki- you're going to kill them, right? And they know you're not going to kill them. That you love them, right? But you expect them. You want them to have um, a certain level of fear of you, so that they will obey you. So they'll submit to you, right? It's the same thing. Same thing. So, and what does it also say? He eschews evil. That word eschew means shuns or stays away from evil. The Lord says in the word that we should flee from the very appearance of evil. That means don't come close to it. Flee from it. Many of us keep trying to push the envelope. We want to see how close we can get to the edge before, you know, we fall into sin or before, you know, God sends judgment upon us. Stop it. Stop it. Flee from evil, even the very appearance of evil, like Joseph did when he ran from Potiphar's wife. Amen. Verse six. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, not verse six, but um, uh, another thing that we that we need to see here is that job understood um job understood that god is the one who gave him everything that he has right and god was the one or the lord the, the bible says here in verse 21 that job uh worshiped god right after losing everything he worshiped god And it says that he said, naked came I out of my mother's womb and naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. This was his heart's posture before God. Still worship, still in love, still faithful. The Bible says in all this Job sinned not nor charge God foolishly. He did not sin against God with his lips, nor did he charge God foolishly. His heart remained pure before the Lord. Amen. It's so pure that God, uh, uh, that this happened a second time, (laughs) you know, because Satan failed, you know, Satan failed. He, he, He took all that, all his stuff and, and and um, Job was still there worshiping and loving on God. And you'll see in, the, in, in chapter two that 
Satan appears again before the Lord, right? And the Lord says to Satan, the same thing, where are you coming from? Satan answered and said, I'm from going to and fro in the earth, walking up and down in it. This is why God asked him, well, have you seen this one? Have you seen, have you considered my servant, Job? You know, because he is a perfect, perfect and upright men and women of God are hard to come by. <laughs> That's why you don't see very many of them that are integral or, 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 or pure. Their motives are pure. Most of them, Jezebel has um, deceived them. Jezebel has um, caused them to worship idols, worship Baal. You know, they, they're running after unrighteous mammon instead of running after God. They're chasing, they're chasing fame and fortune rather than chasing after God. Are we seeing it? So this is why God is pointing this man out. It's not that Job actually did anything wrong. You know, he may have had a couple issues, you know, um, like we all do. But perfection, again, in Jesus' eyes means you fear the Lord um, and you, you stay away from evil. You are blameless before the Lord. Right. Now, I used to think of oh, Job. Uh, Job must have been full of pride or something because God begins to speak to him about Leviathan and all that. Maybe pride rose up in his heart when he was talking to God. And, you know, God had to correct that thing, you know. But no, in the beginning, it says Job, G, uh, the Lord looked at Job as a perfect man. Are we seeing that? And then it says, what? Satan came unto him again. And the Lord said, have you considered my servant Job that there is none like him in the earth, a perfect and upright man, one that fears God and, and eschews evil. And still he holds fast his integrity. Although thou movest me against him to destroy him without a cause. I had no cause. I had no reason to destroy his life. But because you moved me against him. Now check this out. Was it not the Lord who pointed out Job to Satan in the first place? <laughs> Are we understanding that this is God's chessboard? <laughs> Are we understanding that the souls of men are more important to God than the flesh of men? Are we understanding that his ways and his thoughts are so much higher above our ways and our thoughts? <laughs> are we understanding? Are we understanding? He said, you move me against him without a cause. <laughs> and, and, and then Satan says, Skin for skin, yea, all that a man hath will he give for his life. But put forth thine hand and touch his bone and his flesh now, and he will curse thee to thy face. And the Lord said unto Satan, Behold, he is in thine hand, but save his life. 
Amen. So Satan goes from the presence of the Lord and smote, uh, strikes Job or Bible says smotes him, which means to strike him with sickness, uh, boils all over his body from the sole of his foot into the crown of his head boils. And you know, those things are painful. I've had them before. Bible says he took a Job took a pot, took a, a pot shirt, um, to scrape himself, like to scratch himself. And he went and sat down among the ashes. And, and you know, so, he, you know, th those things are painful. So, so the Lord allows Satan to cause pain or to inflict pain upon his body. See, Satan is Satan thinks that, you know, you, you can't you can't uh, you can't endure any pain. You can't endure any affliction. Let's prove him wrong. Let's prove him wrong. You see that? It says it says here that Job's wife comes to him and said, do you are you still holding on to your integrity? Curse God and die. Just curse God and die. But he said unto her, thou speakest as one of the foolish women speak. What shall we receive good at the hand of God and not uh, not receive evil? Shall we receive good at the hand of God and shall we not receive evil? In all this, Job did not sin with his lips. Now, this shows that Job understood balance. You know, every day is not going to be roses. Every day is not going to be, you know, it's not going to be good. Everything is not going to be good. Why? Because God is a God of balance. He wants us to be strong. He will allow bad or evil to come into your life for the purpose of you understanding how to weather the storms of life, how to become strong in your faith, how to become an overcomer, how to triumph over the enemy, what your weapons are against him. Understanding his devices, how to use the word of God against him. You see, there's no overcoming and there's no winning and there's no triumph without a battle. Amen. Peace comes after war. Are we seeing it? So he understood that. And he understood that God is the one who gave me everything I have. And he is the only one who can take it away. And if he chooses to take it away, blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen. But he still held on to his integrity. He held on to his love for God. And the Bible says he passed the test, right? He passed the test because... Um, at the end of it all, God multiplied Job. He multiplied Job after passing the test. The Lord is saying to you, pass 
the test? Can you pass my love test? Can you pass the test of loyalty, faithfulness, integrity? Not loyalty to a man, but loyalty to me. Will you remain obedient to me, faithful to me, in love with me? God says he will multiply you after passing the test. Thank you.